welcome to the Glass City Church podcast. Well, if you didn't know, now you know. It's the Glass City Church podcast. Thanks so much for for listening. Jeff, it's good to see you. This is uh, intern Justin Shirley here with Jeff Lavalette. Jeff, how's your night going? It's it's great. It's it's perfect. There's nothing nothing wrong in the world right now. Nothing to gain, people nothing to win. People want. aren't losing their minds like a mind collector with amnesia. Mind collector. See? You like uh, that? Yeah. So we're at we're at peace. Uh there's honestly we are. Yeah. yeah. Well, we yeah. Yes. I I it's it's funny cuz I, I I have had people that I've spoken with that are I mean, you know, and everyone's got everyone's got to, you know, figure out how they're going to respond and um but like I just really have felt even even as as recently as last night, um, where you know I needed to go to the store to get a few things, and it was just like, I mean, the only meat that was left was the meatless meat. Oh, like so, no even good. even when people are freaking out about not having enough food, they still don't want the 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 fake meat, <laughs> which is that's no bueno. I mean, I felt kind of like a win. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I I saw there was actually uh, another. I think somebody posted on social media actually that there's. Everything out of stock except the meatless meat, um, but it's true here in Toledo, that's for sure. Yeah, and if you didn't know, we're talking about the coronavirus. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just wanted to make that clear. But just for a little bit. Just for a little bit. Because let's be yeah. honest, we're hearing a lot about it. Yeah, I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm tired of talking about it. There's all kinds of information and misinformation, and you know, panic, and then not taking it seriously enough, and I mean. Did you hear? I mean, there's there's price gouging now. I didn't know there was a law. Is there a law against price gouging? You know, I I I, I don't want to. I'm not sure. I do know that that there are. I mean, companies. I know this. Well, so for instance, there's like the brothers down in I think Tennessee who like just went around to every Dollar General and 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 dollar store and just anywhere they could find hand sanitizer. Which is, I mean, it's it's ingenious entrepreneurship. But that's what I will say. Yeah, on on paper. <laughs> Out of the context of a nationwide crisis, well, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, it's like, hey, let's let's try to buy it. I mean, th- think about. I mean, gosh, this is going to date me, but I remember back when, um, uh, what tickle me Elmo was like a big thing way back in the day, and people would just go out and buy as many of them as they could find, and then they would just sell them on eBay for like just exorbitant amounts of money. Um, and that's but that's not as I mean that's that's just that's just opportunism. But yeah. this is kind of unethical to like to to try to just get everything for yourself and then make a ton of money on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess I guess that happens every day in this world, anyways. But in this particular, I mean, part of it too is like people are just losing, like I said, losing their minds. Yeah, and um, just acting like you, there's no hope, which we we know that to be not not true at all. Um, so in in that way, we're like, I have to have sanitizer, otherwise, you know, I'm I'm it's all over. Yeah, well, that's not really true. Um, but at the same time, yeah, those or guys, toilet paper. What, what's what's funny is these guys are like complaining. They're like, how dare? Because like Amazon shut them off and eBay mm-hmm. shut them off. Yeah, a- and um, rightfully so, in my opinion, because well, Amazon and eBay are both they they can make the decisions that they want to make, yeah. and, and so um, I don't know. I guess. And then there's the scammers, you know, donate to this organization. Oh, I, to I help. hadn't even thought about that. Oh yeah, yeah. What yeah. like 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 Corona Corona Free 2003 or something? What's what there's like what? a uh, Egyptian prince that is in a need deposed, of the deposed king of Nigeria. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who needs uh needs some hand sanitizer for the nation of uh wherever. Right, <laughs> right. Um, insert 
random nation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, the scammers and then, yeah, you know, things are closing. I mean, as of today, I mean, it seems like every single day there's, there's new restrictions on, on what can be open. I mean, Ohio just closed, uh, what is it? Gyms and bowling alleys and movie theaters all that stuff is well. Is movie movie studios who were planning to roll out new movies, yeah, are now doing them. Um, uh, some of them, not all. Like the ones that were going to be huge, like uh, uh, I think a, a Quiet Place Part Two or whatever. You know, the one that uh, John Krasinski and his wife did. Yeah, um, they just they they his pushed. wife did that. Yeah, it was it was him and and uh, I can't remember her name. No, now. I didn't uh, know that. Uh, Emily Blunt. Yeah, she's not sharp. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's I actually she is she's pretty she's pretty intelligent I I think but it's, 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 I yeah. I know I get it anyways I'm moving along here. but anyways so well these movies that are coming out uh, if it's not like some huge blockbuster they're gonna do them uh, paper you know kind of like on demand yeah like Universal Studios re- released something that some of these movies that they're gonna have they're actually letting them out early and um, and it's the same thing with music musicians that they're they're contemplating whether or not to release new music um, again for. You really can't go on a tour. I mean, you would know more about the music industry than I would, but um, really can't go on tour when everything's getting shut down. Well, anymore, anymore, you're not making. I mean, have you noticed that every time you go to buy concert tickets, there's like the option for like a VIP meet and greet? Yeah, never, can't do that. never had that when I was when I was you know in my younger years. Uh, you had to like somehow know someone to get a backstage pass. Now you can pay for it because no one's making money on records because yeah. everything's streaming. Mm-hmm. And and um, and so therefore that's why they do that, and uh, and and also I did not know that yeah. actually. And um, so therefore, you release an album, and you, and you're not going to go out. You want to have the momentum of the new album to go out on tour. And if you're not going to be able to go out on tour, why in the world are you going to release a new album that you you're not going to make any money on? Yeah, you know, um, hmm. because that's their livelihood, and it, there's, that's not that's not like profiteering. That's just <laughs> common sense. Yeah. So, but it's actually, it's actually, uh, myself and some of my other musical friends, I mean, this is a great time to be making music. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when everything's, you know, when, when we get to come out of the, come out of the quarantine or whatever, um, putting it out and then going and playing shows because everyone's going to be wanting to get out. Yeah. Like, There's going to be restless. I mean, even <laughs> dude, my, spent, my kids are already restless. I spent most of the day at home today and at about, I don't know, two o'clock. I was like, I gotta get out of the house. I gotta do something. Um, just, we live in a world that's very hurried. Um, there's a, another thing that you have to do is instant gratification culture that we live in. Like there's always something you have to do, um, and get out and accomplish. And so, um, I, I, I don't know, part of me really kind of hopes that this causes some massive shutdowns. It's going to, um, it's going to cause us a, a social shift. I think, yeah. I think it will. Um, we're we're going to, I hope it does in some ways. Well, we're going to have, we're going to have to go back to, I mean, dare I say as a 41 year old, you know, back when I was a kid, yeah. you know, when, when, you know, you had to go back in my day. Yeah. You had, you had, you had to go to great lengths to, to entertain yourself. You didn't just have a, a, a computer in your pocket that you could, mm-hmm. you know, do everything. And so I, I think it's, I mean, obviously we don't want anyone getting hurt. No. Um, you know, from the, from the disease, but, um, you know, families being together more. Yeah. Certainly feels like it. Yeah. Certainly feels like a, 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 you know, a bonus there. Yeah. And so, um, but I mean, you know, everything comes with its challenges and, and it's, it's all how you look at it Mm -hmm. because you, you can, you could make some lemonade with these lemons. You just got to be willing to, you know, get over, get over uh, the inconvenience of it. And, uh, 
I mean, my, my, th- I mean, I've, I waited tables for five years back when I was, you know, kind of getting into ministry because, you know, I needed to pay the bills mm-hmm. and, uh, I can't imagine if my whole livelihood was based on getting tips from, from waiting tables. And then the announcement Sunday night of at nine o'clock, everyone, every restaurant is closing down unless it's carry out or delivery. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh yeah. my gosh. And that, and that leaves a lot of room for, um, for us as Christians to, to step into that gap. You well, yeah. Know? Yeah. Sunday night we had, we had, uh, there's a, a lady who lives across the street. She's, she's, uh, she's single. Uh, you know, she has kids that are, that are grown mm-hmm. and, um, you know, uh, we had we had one of the ladies from our church over for lunch, and then we uh, went upstairs to take a little nappy nap, and came down, and she's like, "Hey, get dressed," because I was like wearing my Adidas shorts. She's like, uh, "Don't look like a scrub." We our neighbors coming over. I'm like, "Oh, two in one day, huh?" Like this is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, part of me was like, "Man, I just want to relax," and then I was like, "You know what? Let's let's capitalize on these opportunities because yeah. because why why not?" Mm-hmm. And. I mean, you have the opportunity, we talked about this, I think, last podcast, but you have the opportunity to not only, one, share the hope that you have, um, give an answer, you know, to the hope that we have, scripture, um, be, if we're not, that that is, if we're not freaking out, <laughs> we we have a hope that's that's greater than the world, mm-hmm. um, and, and in that, we also, as we're, as we're collecting, people are going to the stores, and they're collecting things, and uh, they're stocking up, some people are hoarding, uh, like the gentlemen, or the the guys with the hand sanitizer, we have an opportunity to really collect those things with the mindset of giving that away. Um, yeah, get. I mean, don't hoard, but yeah, but not hoarding, but to. I bought two big, huge packages of pasta when I went to the store instead of one because we know people who may not be able to get out or may not, you know, may mm-hmm. run out of stuff, and it's like, man, it's not that hard, and and yeah. it's not, it doesn't cost that much more. Yeah, that's uh. And yeah, it's the little things. It's it's a phone call, um, asking people how they're doing. Um, hey, how? And I know we can get or a, like like a hug, you know, and a yeah, uh, and, and a, a, <laughs> shaking of a, the hands, a warm embrace, a sharing of the peace. Yes, yeah. <laughs> no, we do not endorse that during this time. Be wise. Yeah, but we have, I mean we have opportunities around us. I mean they're abounding, mm-hmm. um, and how we can not only share the gospel but also grace and and kindness to people, um, and. So as as we're thinking about all this, um, it's kind of in the backdrop backdrop of uh, greater things that have happened throughout history. I mean, we I think you talked on Sunday about Martin Luther um, and him and his ministry in Germany in Wittenberg. Yeah, and during the Black Plague, um, with all the implications and the severity of all that. Um, what? At, with Martin Luther, what can you learn um, in particular about that? You mentioned that on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, well, there's a couple things. First of all, the first the first time the plague came through Europe was in the 1300s. Yeah, if you know your if you know your your you know like church history, you know that Martin Luther lived in the 1500s. So I think 1517, uh, Reformation. October 31st, 1517 was when he nailed the 35 uh, 35 95 theses <laughs> to the door. Ten years later, the plague's back. Yeah, it's back. Like two hundred years later, it comes back. Um, that that to me, and I didn't say this yesterday, but that to me reminds us that like we have zero idea of what's coming. Yeah, you know, uh, they they you know, I mean, the plague was. Think about what happened in this country two hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, in eighteen twenty. You know, that's pre that's pre industrial revolution. That's yeah. that's pre civil war. I mean, just nineteen eighteen. I mean, that's 
that was with the Spanish flu. That was uh, another thing that happened that was pretty widespread. It was pretty big. So things things are going to come back, and yeah. and we we're not in, we're not in control of those. We are in control of the way that we respond and the way that where we place our. That was the conversation we were having yesterday when our neighbor came over. Was you know it's like oh my gosh everyone's freaking out about money and and, and groceries and health. I was like yeah it's because when when you put your hope in something that can't carry your hope, yeah, and then it fails because it always will. Mm-hmm. People lose lose their minds and yeah. and she kind of looked at me she's like hmm yeah you're right and, and i just kind of left it there you know i wanted to kind of just let that sit um because i want to have more conversations with mm-hmm. her about where where we should be placing our hope but yeah. it's not like oh i've got to get everything out in this particular moment you know and yeah. uh pull the gospel <clears throat> yeah, in gonna, on the grenade there you go yeah the, yeah. Anyways. Um, so yeah, uh, Martin Luther uh, getting all these, you know, pe- people just begging him to leave his post. Yeah. You know, family, friends, well-meaning, caring about them, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, no, I'm going to stick around. And his wife was pregnant. Um, kind of a sad part to that is she was pregnant during the plague, was exposed to the plague. And then when their daughter Elizabeth was born, she only lived five months. And, yeah. and it was, it was widely thought Man. that that had to do with that. But again, like, Life isn't ultimate. Yeah. Like I'm not. I'm not trying to be be insensitive or anything like that. But but just I mean his his son his son was uh, you know came down with the plague. Yeah. And uh, and survived. But um, you know still like no one wants no one would kids are like kind of the the just the 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 most tender part of our of our hearts as 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 parents. And we would never we would we would you know die for our kids. You know I mean we're we're very much. Um, and I think, and, and rightfully so, we should we should take it seriously that God has entrusted us with these children, and not be irresponsible. But and, and Martin Luther wasn't being irresponsible. Yeah, he was he was he was his his number one his highest um, his highest allegiance was to God, and so he stuck around and he preached the gospel and he you know ministered to the sick and and he you know um, kind of showed what it meant to have hope that goes beyond your circumstances. And I think that we as Christians can do that. Obviously, this isn't nearly as, as crazy as the bubonic plague. Um, but it's still, I mean, when, when, we, when we give in to panic and when we give in to, you know, just acting like we have, we, it, 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 it depends on us to make sure that we've got everything we need. Yeah. Um, and we're going we're gonna to step on, we're going to step on everyone on our way to getting what we need. Like that just really, that, that, um, reveals where we're really finding our, our hope and, and what we're really trusting in. Um, and plus, I mean, I don't know about you, but me, I mean, if I didn't eat for a month or two, I'd, you know, as long as I had some water, I'd be okay. I, I feel like I got some reserves here. I'm kind of like a camel, <laughs> you know? And, and, and so, uh, you know, if we go to the desert for a while, we go to the desert for a while. Yeah. And I, and this is in, there's, I mean, there's been multiple times in human history where People have gone through similar things, um, whether it's it, by similar things. I don't mean necessarily mean this particular virus, but times of, of worry and times of concern and times of panic and freaking out. I mean, C.S. Lewis uh, wrote a um, on his in his work uh, on living in the atomic age on living in an atomic age. Helps if I can read. Is that is that like a, an atomic wedgie or is that different? Different. Okay. Way different. Okay. Um, but he, he said, I'm going to read this quote to you. He said, and the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. If we are all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb, when it comes, find us doing sensible human things, praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, 
bathing the children, playing tennis, chatting to our friends over a pint in a game of darts, not huddled together like frightened sheep, uh, and thinking about bombs. They may break our bodies. Uh, a microbe can do that, but they cannot dominate our minds. And as we are looking at the greater picture, this isn't anything new. Um, we talked no. about that last week. We're yeah. not. This isn't a new thing that we are just now getting on board with. I mean, every single year from onwards from probably 1999? 1909. Is that, is, that, is that the Irish, uh, the Irish way of saying the date? 1999. No. <laughs> okay. Um, I thought that was kind of fun. That's fun. We should do that. St. Patrick's Day is coming up, so maybe, maybe, maybe the. Week. It is. It's Tuesday. Yeah, and so. we, we've got a big old. And again, my wife went out and bought a bunch of stuff right before this all happened. Yeah, and so we've got a big old corned beef waiting for us. Wow, Ooh, it's going to be good. But, but yeah, this isn't a new thing. Um, with, with the atomic bomb, obviously there's a little bit different context, but. What? I just saw something on uh, Babylon B. Nations churches provide fog machines for families worshiping at home. <laughs> That's amazing. That's funny. <coughs> um, but you okay there? I you am. Right? I am. Um, but obviously it's a little bit of a different context, but it's all the same. It's where you're putting your hope, where you're putting your trust. And if it's not Christ, wh- how how you going to figure that out? Y- you can't. No. It's going gonna, it's gonna to break you. Um, I like putting your faith, you're putting your hope in the government. Like, yeah. the government's going to save us from this. Like, yeah. pff, no, they're not. Yeah, well, if you talk to some people, right, it, they just might. Well, I'm uh, looking for this article that I saw earlier that was like, every election year, there's been something, like, crazy big like this. Yeah, and I saw something about that. There's a lot of fake news that's been circulating. Um, so with that particular post, I... I had saw it somewhere. I don't know if it's even reliable. With anything nowadays, you can't really tell if it's going to be reliable. Dude, if or it's not. on the internet, you know it's true. I yeah yeah yeah. But there's a with that particular post. I actually I think shared it on Facebook, but it's not a a super accurate, oh. super historically. You're the one who shared it because I saw it. So one of my friends. I shared it. Okay. I, at least I am one of probably many who Let shared see it. If I can but see it. Um, there was you know. It's talking about MERS and SARS and talking about how those were only for uh, a couple years and in a in a earlier part of the timeline and that it was breaking down each individual event and it's just like hey it's just not quite lining up. Right. Um, these statistics aren't the same as these statistics over here, and there's just so much of this. Um, that I hate to call it fake news. But it's fake news. Um, it's f- just trying to artifact, artificially make up things in order to get clicks and likes. And if we can be shock jocks with our meme pages, let's do it. Uh, it there's just a lot to, to circulate and to sift mm-hmm. out. Yeah. And so, um, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's accurate or not. Um, well, e- even if it's not, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, like, we... Every, there, everything's inflammatory these days. Yeah. Every, you know, when you're, when, you're, when you're freaking out about something, it makes it feel like you're doing something. You're actually not doing anything except creating more problems. Yeah. So, so as we're looking to uh, this Sunday's ser- uh, sermon, um, we were in John 17. Um, Jesus is beginning his high priestly prayer, as, as it's called. Um, set the scene for us, kind of switching gears from coronavirus because we're done talking about... <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> um, let's switch some gears here. 
When I was just telling someone in the, uh, earlier, I mean, we started preaching through John's gospel in January of 2019. We're now in John chapter 17. And it was, it was all, it's all about, I mean, Jesus, he just got done with his kind of his farewell discourse to his disciples and kind of, you know, over a few chapters, uh, giving them some, you know, some commands and some encouragement and things like that. And now he's getting ready to go to the cross. Right. And I mean, he's like hours away from uh, Gethsemane when, when Judas is going to come up and betray him and he's going to get arrested and all that. And, and as that's happening, I mean, he knows what, it's not even like he's not sure what's going to happen. He knows it's going, he knows what's coming because he's been prophesying about it for a few years now. And he's like, okay, the time has come, you know, father, the time has come glorify the son so that the son may glorify you. You know, Mm -hmm. um, this is Jesus looking at his certain death by the most painful means necessary. And what he does is he turns to prayer and he prays in front of the disciples, with the disciples. You know, he's not just like running off and and uh, and doing it himself. No, he does that later. Um, but he's like he's he's modeling for them how we are to um, interact with that which is unpleasant and mm-hmm. and and suffering and pain and all that. And uh, and he's all about coming to the Father, and saying, "I want to you know, I want to glorify you through this, and I want you to glorify me through this." And and um, and it's you know that this is what's coming. But it's not ultimate, you know. It's it's it's, he says in verse five. He says, you know, uh, I'm essentially paraphrasing. I'm I'm really looking forward to the the glory of of being with you again, you know, Um, because that's 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 our ultimate destination. You know, Mm -hmm. we we may we may go through some pain and suffering on our way to that destination, um, but you know, it's it's we know where we're going, and so and we know who's in control of it. And so that's Jesus models that for us, and 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 the way that he prays is is with confidence. You know, he's he's not praying like I don't know what's going to happen, or I'm I'm scared that you know whatever. Um, I'm not I'm, I'm uncertain. He prays with confidence. He he prays in power. You know, he's he's praying by the power of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is, is has been given to him uh, without measure. Uh, he had said previously, I think it was in John seven or John six. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, but he's yeah, it's his high priestly prayer. You know, um, John Knox used to have people read him John 17 on his deathbed. When people would come to, to pay, you know, to pay a visit, um, he would he would ask them to please read that to him. Uh, Martin Luther, you know, as we just got done talking about, he was a, a very uh, passionate, um, just lover of John 17. Um, just the way that Jesus p- opens his heart, you know. I mean, the first part we, we did was one through five, but then, uh, subsequent parts, he prays for his for his disciples as well. He prays for his people, and uh, and and that's that's beautiful too. His his love for God the Father and his love for the people, um, and and his love, uh, the way that he sees God is glorious to the point that he wants his people to be re, you know uh, reconciled to God, and so he's going to do whatever he needs to do to get them there. And I gave an analogy yesterday about you know it was a silly one because there's nothing as profound as what Jesus is doing, and so no analogy is going to fully um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for um, encapsulate. Well, encapsulate it's, it's you know it's 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 going to represent. Fail to, oh my gosh, I can't think. Um, yes, and so. Uh, do it justice is what I was going to say. Um, the, but 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 even still, uh, he's he's getting ready to go to the cross. He had just gotten done teaching and encouraging, and now he's praying. And yeah. and that is that is a gift from God that we can pray. And it's and it's the the only means by which guys like Martin Luther are able to sustain through ministering during the plague, 
or Paul I talked about when he was he was speaking to the Ephesian elders in uh, I think it's Acts 20 and he says I don't value my life you know to 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 have any sort of you know it's it's I, I ascribe no value to my life other than that I'm able to complete the mi- the ministry which Christ has given me and um, you know he was he, I, I'm going to be talking a little bit about like his prayers in Ephesians uh, for the people and, and things like that where he, Paul could not have done what he did uh, apart from what he received from God through prayer. It's just not possible. Uh, a lot of times we look at the, the things God asks us to do and we decide whether or not we're going to do them based on our ability instead of on God's command and then His also his promise uh, to give us everything we need to do that. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's essentially, you know, the, as, as, as we're kicking off John 17, uh, the Holy of Holies, some, some commentators have called it, some scholars have called it, it's 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 so good. Yeah. There's so much there. I mean, even in writing the sermon this past week, I mean, I spent a ton of time on it, not because it was hard, but because there's so much. And and, and even trying to like pare it down and, and, and maybe, you know, uh, I don't know if you've heard this term before, but to flatten the curve of, uh, you know, instead of yeah. just bringing everything out right away, there's just, there's a lot there. And, and it's because God's word is so rich and so good and so helpful and encouraging and, uh, and convicting uh, because I've had several people, you know, just mention, man, that, that just really, really made me convicted me about how, how I need to step things up in my prayer life. And I'm yeah. like, hey, man, amen, me too. Yeah. And so let's talk a little bit about the, the agony um, as uh, theologians and also artists. Uh, there's a, there's actually a painting in uh, Pluto Museum of Art. I was going to say, yeah. It's a, by El Greco. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the agony. Not in to the be garden. confused with El Nino. Yes. yes. Not to be confused. Uh, and I, uh, that's actually one of my favorite paintings of all time, and it it takes all four of the all four of the gospels, and it kind of smashes them together. Um, it synthesizes them. Yes, yes. synergy. Oh, <laughs> right. Um, and it takes all. The, I mean, obviously the 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 synoptic gospels. It takes them and puts them together. Um, but as we were going through the book of John, I. I'm kind of waiting for, I'm trying to kind of piece out the timeline and I don't, and I didn't see the agony in the garden. I didn't see Jesus sweating the drops of, of blood like in Luke. And, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Why don't we see that in, well, I, in John's gospel? Well, I, I honestly can't answer that. I don't, I don't know, I know why the Holy a, Spirit a difficult question. Uh, chose not to, uh, yeah, include that. But, I mean, but, but you also, you don't see the high priestly prayer anywhere else. Yeah, that's why we knew the whole Bible, mm-hmm. because because the Holy Spirit uh, spoke through different guys with different things, and so um, yeah, if John's Gospel wasn't in the Bible, we wouldn't even have the high priestly prayer considered by many to be just the the most uh, glorious, you know, uh, most helpful, most you know, s- amazing section of Scripture. Yeah, uh, which I mean, goodness, uh, studying it is has been it, it's as heavy as it is awesome, and so um, I I. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know why um, that particular narrative is not in there. It's more of a hypothetical question, probably because it was already in there. Yeah, John wrote his gospel last, and mm-hmm. so he included a lot of things that weren't in the first three. Is it like ninety five percent of the book of John? I think it's it's between like eighty five and ninety percent. Okay, is unique is, is unique to yeah yeah. So you'll the Bible. yeah. So I, I I love the fact that you know it's not just you're, you're not just reading the same thing four times over. Yeah. Well, especially with Mark, because you know he was he had ADD, so he just he just kept everything real short and and uh, and, short and succinct. Sweet. Yes. Um, so, 
why why was it not in there? Yeah, we we obviously we don't know. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about is um, so as as we see Jesus in the so if we look at the other gospels, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, um, we see we see this. Um, and my question when <clears throat> when I first ever read the gospels was was Jesus's uh, agony in the garden his his uh, his prayer, Father, if this if let this p- cup pass for me, if if it be Your will, be, obviously Your will be done. Yeah. Um, was that sinful? Um, did Jesus desire for this will to to, um, or at least his his hesitation in the garden was that was that wrong? Yeah. yeah and the yeah. implications of all that sure was sure. a big question for me, and I'll ask that for you now. Yeah, I mean, well, well Jesus is one hundred percent man. He's one hundred percent God, uh, yet without sin. You know, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he lived by the power of the Holy Spirit and and, and lived uh, without sin. And so everything we see Jesus doing, and again, if you're not a believer, if you, you know, you're not really sure where you land on this, I, I understand that there could be some, you know, you're not just taking that as, as a given. Um, but but all through, we, we see the sin of everyone else in the Bible. <laughs> you know, we never see Jesus sinning um, because he never did. And so, um, but he was also a human. <clears throat> you know, I mean, there was there was humanity there. There was, the, you know, he was tempted. You know, I, the 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 you know the devil was able to tempt him, uh, yet he never sinned. Uh, in fact, he came back with scripture every single time, and so. But that does not mean that you know. Sometimes we think of Jesus in in a in a in a uh, it's it's a misconception where he was just like you know he was um, uh, what's that what's that medication called for? Uh, it's like it's like where it just kind of zonks you out. You know, it's like Prozac Jesus, where he nothing really affected him, and he never mm-hmm. really. I mean, he he. He wept at, at Lazarus's tomb. He was angry when he turned over tables twice in the in the in the temple. You know, he was um, annoyed yeah. with the Pharisees. You know, he was annoyed with Peter. Told him to get behind me, Satan. He had, you to, know? He had to sleep. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, so, yes, yes, uh, he was certainly enduring uh, great, great uh, suffering and pain as as he's in the garden, um, waiting to be arrested. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and and so no, that's not sinful. Um, it, but it's what he does. It's what he does with with that. You know what he does. He doesn't say I'm I'm out. He doesn't say he doesn't he doesn't go to disobedience. Mm-hmm. Or he doesn't say, man, father, you're just kind of a jerk. You know, fine, I'll do this because I have to. You know, it was it yeah. was it was a sub. It was submission, mm-hmm. which submission is a real dirty word these days because a lot of people misuse their authority. To, to get people to submit, and so now it's you know we're we're, we're feeling like victims whenever someone wants us to do something we don't want to do, and we, yeah. we 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 cry about it on social media. No, Jesus said he was honest. He's like, this is not something that I am looking forward to, uh, and yet not my will, but yours be done. You know, if it is your will, let this cup pass from me. I mean, the cup is the cup of God's wrath. Um, that, you know, he drank, uh, he drank the cup. Um, if you're looking to the bitter dregs, to the dregs, yes, to the dregs. I I still remember a guy known him, Kevin Jameson down in Louisville. He's at Sojourn East. He preached on that. You know, he preached on the dregs. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so, it was, it was awesome the way he explained it and just so completely horrific. Um, you know, a lot of times we dumb that down too. Uh, it's like, yeah, Jesus died on the cross. Yeah. You know what? The entire time leading up to that was just crazy and, yeah. and and I can't even imagine it. I mean we 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 overreact when when something bad happens to us and 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 Jesus is like I know what's coming and I'm going to be obedient 
like a lamb led to the slaughter. You know, he was silent before his shearers, you know, all that, all that, all the, all the uh, prophetic stuff about that. And the thing that we, I think, overlook is when we, I don't know if we, I don't want to say we sanitize the language, but we have Jesus going to the cross, not only feeling God's wrath and punishment on the cross, um, but also the immense torture and pain Mm -hmm. of his physical body. So being tormented literally in both regards in his divinity and his humanity. Mm-hmm. Awful. Well, and, the, and then experiencing the, for the, you know, God forsaking him. Yeah. When he says, father, father, why have you forsaken me? Mm-hmm. Like that's, I don't even know what that feels like. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, because Jesus promises never to leave us or forsake us. He never turns his back on us. Yeah. And, and in fact, he takes our sin from us and, and trades it for his righteousness. And, I I just there's so many things that we we uh, would benefit from a deeper understanding of when it comes to that maybe even experientially like I don't think you I mean I don't think we could handle a millisecond of what he endured Mm-mm. no I know I couldn't I know I, I it it leaves me honestly I can't handle a hangnail I mean come on yeah stubbing my toe mm-hmm. um but it is. Um, what's the verse? I'm thinking of the verse. Let me look it up here. Um, but it talking about a, a righteous man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dying like, for right. Fill the space in which words for the, for the unrighteous to die for the righteous. <laughs> yeah, for the. It's. I know what you're saying, and yeah. and and yeah. I mean, we, we so we're not even capable of of even a full understanding of that because we're not. We we don't have the same righteousness that Jesus had. We don't have the same, you know, we, we thankfully because of him, we, we have relationship with the father. Uh, but he had perfect un you know, uninterrupted, unmitigated, unadulterated yeah. uh, relationship with the father. And so when you have something like that, and then you experience God forsaken, you know, God forsaking you, like that's just that's huge. Yeah. Like that's the same way that if if well, not the same way, but the only way I could think of it right now is if you know if if Ashley get, my wife Ashley gets mad at me versus at my wife Ashley gets mad at you. You don't experience nearly the same you know like the the same uh, heartache uh, as I do because I have a relationship with her that is much much deeper. Yeah. And so it's Romans 5, 7. Um, for one is scarcely to die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even, uh, one would dare even to die. And it's also going to be rolling into verse 8 as well. Um, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, man, it, it it is such a, it makes me a loss for words, and it should. Um and there's and it's not every single day that that does that. Um, I know there's there's times in my life where um, I can you know being cold to- towards that truth and like kind of taking it and um, hearing it so often that it kind of becomes commonplace. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know it just hits you in a different way. Sure. Um, I don't know. So I'm having a moment over here, Jeff. I I I, <laughs> I understand. So. Um, so talk to me about Jesus and his prayer uh, in regards to his divinity. Um, what is what is Jesus' prayer specifically um, in, in these first five verses say about his divinity? 
Well, first of all, he asks God to glorify him. Okay, and I talked to yesterday, uh, I don't have my sermon up in front of me, but it was in Isaiah 42 and 48, I think, where, where God says, uh, you know, I'm the Lord, I'm the Lord, the God, you know, the, the, the head honcho. Um, I don't share my glory with anyone. You know, he, he talks about, you know, being, being a God who is jealous. You know, he talks about being a God who is, you know, just fully, um, altogether uh, holy, you know, separated from us. And so for Jesus to ask the Father to, to glorify him and, and knowing that Isaiah, you know, where, where God talks about that, he is laying claim to his divinity, mm-hmm. that, that he is the son of God. He is, he is one of the Trinity. You know, he, uh, he's, he's just reestablishing that because he said that up to that point. He's like, I and the Father are one, you know. I mean, we're, we're, we're in perfect relationship, all that stuff. And then he says, Father, glorify me. And so he's, he's, he's you know, articulating uh, his, his divinity because, because you can't be glorified by God unless you're God, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, even there, I mean, he's, he's just, he's letting them know, uh, where, what the score is essentially, you know, like, and, and the fact that he's going to submit to these things as God, the son is, is quite remarkable as well. Um, and, and he, you know, he, he, he prays that God will, will bring him back into, uh, God the Father will bring him back into His presence, you know, where where He existed before, you know, before the Earth even even was formed. Um, just again, like giving us some theological framework to work with, uh, because one of the points I made yesterday, uh, when we pray, we want to pray with confidence. We also want to pray like like with accuracy. Mm-hmm. We want to have theolo- theological accuracy. We want to we want to be praying um, in uh, in agreement with uh, who God is and and, and w- what He's about. And so all not things. naming it and claiming it. Not naming it and claiming it. Because even when Jesus instructs them, he's like, you will ask my father and he'll give you whatever you ask. Like, well, in my name. Yeah. You know, it, it's a it's a very, you know, there's some parameters on that. Um, mm. Because why would God give us something that was contrary to his own character? Like, that would actually be mean. Like, that would yeah. be, that would be detrimental. No. Yeah. And so and it's like, well, I prayed for this and I feel like it's God's will for me. And then he didn't give it to me. And, and what in the world? And God says he gives us the desires of our hearts and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, if your desires are him. Right, 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 right. Yeah, because the best, thing, the best thing that God can give us that we ask for is him. Yeah. You know, if we, if we want something other than him or that will detract from our, our affections or adoration of him, I hope he never gives it to us. And, I don't th- and, and he won't because he doesn't want that because that's, the, that's, that's just pulling us away from him. And he wants closeness with us because that's the best thing for us. Yeah. It goes back to that whole wanting, wanting something more than God, that is. I don't know when. It goes back to that when we talked about this last podcast. Well, like, what do we want when we want to worship Jesus? Yeah, do we want you know? do we want some benefit or do we want Jesus Himself? Yeah. Um, and going back to the the whole hospital analogy, like telling the doctor what you need versus the doctor actually saying, no, you don't need a vitamin. You actually need this Sur- surgery. Yeah. You need surgery not to or take chemo, these multivitamins. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I've got, I've got cancer. I want some pain medication. Well, yeah, but let's also deal with the cancer. Yeah. You know? And so we're, we're dealing with the seriousness of, of, and it's very timely too, um, with everything going on, but sure. Um, but yeah, no, it's, I don't know. It, it, it seems backwards to me um, how we can we can say we believe these things. We can say, "Hey, I, I, I assert my I don't know. I put my hat on the rack of, of I, Christ. I affirm and, these things are true. Yeah, and I, then we live like they're not. Yeah, and especially in these times, man. Like that's that's my hope um, is that we would just we would take this time, especially if we're especially if you're off from work. 
Um, mm-hmm. Take this time to refocus um, and to to consider all of the the truths that are are in this this particular section of scripture, um, and that's my hope um, for us. So, Jeff, any thoughts? Any? I mean, what 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 better could we do? We could sit around and and just you know keep re, keep cycling through how bad everything stinks yeah or how inconvenient everything is or how how panicked everyone is um and and just focus on that and, l- and allow that to to color our world or we can focus on you know the hope that we have and and the fact that everything all these any any sort of afflictions are temporary um because because of the hope we have in Christ and the promise uh, that and, and the faithfulness of the one who promised and uh, and and to share that with other people because what else, what else, what are you going to do other than that? You know, you're going to you can go over and say, oh man, yeah, it really does stink that Applebee's is closed and I can't get my happy hour apps and blah 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 and how inconvenient this is and let's just belly ache all day. Like I'll tell you what, man, like that's never made me feel better. Yeah, so, just complaining on a loop, does, yeah. just just like a broken record, and just, just regurgitating goes, stuff goes. from social media yeah. and whether or not it's even true and. You know, just like putting fear into other people. Like, no, we're, we're called to encourage. We're not called to put fear. We're called to encourage literally means to put courage into something. Yeah. And and, and uh, I don't have anything better to offer than the gospel. Yeah. And in fact, no one does because that is the highest hope that we have. It's the only hope we have. Yeah. That'll preach. Yeah. For sure. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for for talking. Um, for for all those uh, who haven't subscribed, please subscribe uh, to the iTunes podcast like us on social media, follow us on social media, and uh, wash your hands. Keep those hands nice and clean. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Glass City Church podcast. For more info, check out glasscitychurch.org.